You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to be covering Revolution Pro Wrestling, um, High Stakes event. This is the show that featured the much-talked-about um, Will Ospreay versus Michael Oku match. Um, the reason why it got so much attention is that uh, Dave Meltzer, uh, the Wrestling Observer, gave this match five stars. And... As many people know who are listening to this uh, podcast, I am a really good friend of Dave Meltzer's, and we're really close when it comes to matches a lot of times, but the last year or so, he's been... I, I noticed some ratings have been a little higher than I, than I thought, like, eh, they should be. And so when I heard about this, I thought, okay, this is a great show to watch, and this is a great match to watch to see if it truly is a five-star match um so looking forward to watching the show it's gonna be a complete show review um some matches i won't go in great detail i'm just gonna get an overall thought on the match and uh what i thought about the individual performances who stood out who didn't and uh, i'm looking forward to it I, this is my first time i've ever watched rev pro like a whole show from the opening match to the main event I've seen a few, I think, matches here and there. If they're like available on YouTube or, you know, other uh, websites, I I never sat there and actually watched a, a full event. So I'm gonna get into the, all that. What I thought about the event overall, production and 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 whatnot. So before I get to that, let you guys know, 
been talking about it for the last four weeks. Promise Thomas and myself finally got together and we recorded the fight game, the Take It Home Podcast Fight Game Media Plus bonus show. Uh, we recorded on Wednesday. It's uh, I think it's going to debut this Monday, I believe. That's what Gary Gonzalez was telling me. And it, it's, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to uh, uh, Promise Thomas. Uh, he's such a, just a fountain of knowledge on professional wrestling because, you know, he was, you know, still is an active wrestler. He's not wrestling right now because right now he's, you know, he's he's doing the most important job of his career, of his of his life and being a dad, a new dad to a beautiful baby, Shooter Jack. And he's, uh, but he's been in the business for 20 years, been wrestling for 20 years and, you know, trained with the best and wrestled the best, of course, you know, wrestled at the highest level in WWE. So like for me, like I just enjoy talking to him and 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 getting his feedback on matches, on talent. And so for this show, from the bonus show that we did, we took uh six wrestlers, one 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 because one was a tag team, so it's, it can't be it was supposed to be five, but it ended up being six because one was a tag team. We broke down um, you know, six young wrestlers and talked about their work um, from the in-ring I talked about for the booking standpoint, how like I would use them and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was a really fun show and we're going to continue to do those, I believe once a month. So it's just hard for promise Thomas I to kind of get together because he's on the East coast. I'm on the West coast, but we were able to get it done this Wednesday. And I think y'all going to really enjoy it and, you know, give us a shot. And I, it's on our fight game via Patreon, so it, it is behind a paywall, but it's only $5. It's literally a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Um, and just for $5, check it out. You get the whole um, Patreon for a month, and there's a lot of other great shows on there. Garrett Gonzalez and I, if you guys like some history podcasts, like we've been doing a Raw 1998 podcast where we go through all – the uh, Raw's week to week, even the pay-per-views, and, and just kind of look back at that crazy time during the uh, really the kickstart of the Attitude Era. And the Attitude Era is in full swing. We're getting close to WrestleMania. Of course, that featured Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship with Mike Dyson as the special enforcer. And it's, it's, it's really cool as we're going back and watching and you're seeing just the rise of Steve Austin and you're seeing the rise of the rock at the same time. So that's a lot of fun. So you get that show too. And if there's other shows on there, Brace for Impact, you know, it's on the free feed, but the, all the news and all the, all the, all the juicy stuff, um, is on the, uh, on, on the fight game media, Patreon. And there's, uh, the, you know, Scott's Joshy show, which is very, very popular. And, um, uh, you know, just, just a lot of great content on the Patreon. Check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. And again, it's only $5 a cup of coffee. Now, a couple things coming up too as well for me. Next week, I'm going to be checking out Terminus. And that's the John Gresham's promotion. Um, uh, this is a second show. So I'll, I think it's on, yeah, it's on Thursday. So I'll be watching on Thursday and Friday. I'll be probably record again on Saturday night. So it'll probably be dropping on a Sunday of next week. So I'm looking forward to that show because, um, in a lot of ways it's similar to premier wrestling, which, you know, I, I ran from 
2013 to 2016 and when I was really like just kind of wanting to get back to the sport of wrestling and so that's what Premier is about and that's what John Gresham was doing at Terminus and people were really you know talking about their first show I never got a chance to watch the first show I just didn't go back and watch it so I made it a point that next week I'm going to be checking out Terminus and I'm also probably going to give some thoughts on um WXW shows that just happened this this weekend as we're recording uh, they're doing a, a few shows and I think they're doing like a little mini four-man tournament and the winner of either it's like a two there's two blocks and like one block each winner of each block gets to go into the uh WXW 16 karat gold tournament so I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about if there's any really great matches to watch I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about those next week if I can fit it all, fit it all in because you know Terminus I don't know how long the show is gonna be it could be uh you know very long and I might not be able to fix fit the WXW stuff but if it's really good I gotta talk about it right so speaking of long shows <laughs> when I went to watch high stakes from Rev Pro and I click on I see the I see the time, and I'm like, man, it's almost four hour show, and I'm like, four hour show. I mean, I know WWE does four hour shows, and it's a long AEW does four hour shows. It's a long time to watch those shows. I think three hours is good. Two and a half hours is better. I think that's the sweet spot. Um, when I was doing premiere, it was two hours, two hours and a half. And, and people got getting really good feedback on that. It's like they go to show, they don't get over, you know, tired of watching all this wrestling. And when they, they leave, they have energy. And, and I think sometimes when the show is like four hours long, you just get kind of like, there's a point where you're kind of zone out because it's, it's just too much. And especially a show like this, where it's a lot of action, a lot of similar action. Um, it's, you know, how many leg slaps can you hear? Like, you know, for four hours. It's so I actually had to break this up. I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't watch it all like in one day. I, cause I'm busy. I have three little beautiful babies and, you know, I got to balance that time for you know, family time and, and doing this podcast. So it's, you know, four hour show. I, I got to break it up. And, and luckily, since it's on demand, I can just kind of, check it out so i watched first half on thursday night and uh a little bit last night a little bit this morning and then right before i started recording i saved the main event of will osprey and michael oku um before i started recording because i really wanted it fresh because that's that's the match that that's the main issue on this what we're gonna talk about on this podcast so i really wanted to have a fresh perspective and when i go to record my thoughts on the match now Again, first time seeing Rev Pro uh, production. I mean, it, the building's beautiful that they're in. I just love that beautiful that 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 building. It just it just really films well. Um, they have this little mini stage uh, rampway, and you know, it, it looks cool. I I, th- it, I thought it looked cool. They have a, a great video wall, uh, great lighting. Um. And the crowd is—it was very hot. Very, they're very into the product. Um, the main issue I had was the commentary. I just couldn't hear it. It's very muffled, and so when I 
there's some people I'd, on this show I'd, I don't I never seen before. So I would get bits and pieces. I can hear some history on them or some backstory of the pro of the match, why it's happening. But a lot of time it's just like noise, and so that was disappointing. And I I hope they can kind of clean that up for future shows because it's important to have a a clear audio for your commentary. You know, that's what I love about WXW when I watch it. And uh, I believe it's in post when David Bradshaw does the uh, play by play, but it's so clear. And at the same time, he's so great at his job. And I'm going to talk about uh, Dave, Brad, David Bradshaw. I'm going to talk about a few others that if I have, I've been I mean, wanting to talk about, because we talk about the wrestling and we talk about the matches, but, and the wrestlers, but like, I think, you, I, you always watch everyone, right? It's not just the wrestlers. Um, I watch the referees, I watch the ring announcer, and I watch the play. I you know, listen to play by play, the backstage interviewer. So I'm gonna like create my dream team. If I was gonna start a new promotion, and who would I get for my play by play? Who would I get for my backstage interview? Who would I get for my at ringside interviewer? Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Who would be my Who would be my ring announcer? Because I want to shout out some people who I I feel have been just tremendous at those jobs. That should be, and these are going to be not um, from WWE, from AEW, nothing like that. These are going to be um, people that are on the independent wrestling scene who I just think are major league top quality talents that should be working for WWE, should be working for AEW uh, because they're really good. And it, in this day and age, it's very hard to find really good play-to-play, really good backstage interviewers. It's just – or ring announcers because nowadays everyone wants to have a character – you know, everyone wants to have, everyone wants to put the tension on themselves, and you know, the backstage interviewer just has to have credibility. The ring announcer just has to have credibility. the The commentator has to have credibility. That that should be the most important, right? Like, they're not trying to stand out and be above the the wrestlers, right? They're they're supposed to compliment the wrestlers, and. I, I'm, I'm, try, I'm gonna try to get that in because I really want to give credit to where credit's due to some really good talents in those positions. Now, high stakes, 2022, nearly four hour show. Started off with a, a gentleman in Gideon Gray, never seen before. Uh, came on the cane, but he had wrestling gear on. Uh, uh, really goofy looking dude. So he he's a heel, and and he and I'm like, okay, this guy seems like a nice like Weasley manager type, right? And I, but again, the audio wasn't the best, and he's trying to get some heat out there. It's, it's lukewarm, you know. And all of a sudden, he's gonna have a match. Doesn't know who his opponent is, and the mystery opponent is Alex Coughlin from the New Japan Dojo. Now I guess he's on excursion over in uh, the UK, and I guess he's graduating from the being a young boy now to. Beyond being a young boy, whatever that is, I don't know what you call it, main roster guy. And this seemed like a kind of a waste. Like, instead of having Alex Coughlin as a surprise, I would just announce him as a 
being on the show versus someone and he still destroy him like he did he destroyed this guy he quickly won the match but you know when i was thinking like oh, it's a four-hour show maybe this wasn't really needed here you know you could have maybe left him on it maybe he could have debuted on a different show and or had him out there for an interview to kind of you know do something but kind of shorten his show up but it you know it was quick and it was it was easy i i, I like alex coughlin i like i like the new japan dojo kids shibata really is a great trainer and, and I think the Japanese style of training is the, is the really the right way to train people. The base focus on the basics and the fundamentals, and cause look at the look at the results. I mean these cat these get these kids are great. You know, um, Carl Fredericks, who I booked for many years in APW, great kid. Um, he always had that it factor, right? He just had it confidence, um, the natural athletic ability. But then he goes to Shibata. Shapata really dials in and really dials in those fundamentals. He had he had good fundamental training before Fredericks, but I mean, really dialed it in and and really helped him just grow. And you grow quicker with Shibata with that great training. So um, I like all those guys. Uh, you know, uh, Connors is a, uh, I think my favorite of the group, even though I like Carl because I have a you know attachment to Carl obviously for booking it, but you know uh, uh, Clark Connors, I just I just. He's like a mix of Ben Wall and Paul Orndorff. Just, you know, just, he just intends. And I like, I like workers like that. And so speaking of uh, young Japanese wrestlers, uh, two young wrestlers from New Japan, um, Shoto Umino versus uh, Yoda Suji. Um, Yoda Suji was a you know, long time uh, young boy. Now he's on excursion and, dropped the black trunks and black boots and now has some tights came out in this really cool samurai um a robe he just he looked awesome um and shoto Umino is you know he's he's being groomed to be a top star there for sure i mean so is so is suji but umino you you know like they really see him as a guy that's gonna be in the main events sooner than later and this match but it was a good match, but it was also kind of confusing because Yoda Suji comes out with, I did not know this guy, who it was. I could, again, the audio could not make it out who it was, but he, he was wearing the, the t-shirt of the, the heel that came out earlier. So I guess he's part of that group now. Um, Him and Amino just shake hands, you know, Suji and Amino shake hands. So I'm like, okay. And they have a, you know, it's a good match. N- nothing, nothing barn burning. It shouldn't be. It's a second match. It should be a good quality match. And at one point, the second who's with Suji distracts the referee. And before he distracts the referee, he actually left this cane he had with him at with Suji. So as he distracted referee, he wanted Suji to use the cane on Umino. And Suji has this big smile on his face, like he's going to do it. And, and he just doesn't. He just ends up hitting the, the second. <laughs> and so they have like, you know, a regular match and Umino wins. And like I said, it was a good match. You know, nothing, nothing you really know you got to see, but it, it's just a good quality match. And, after the match, you know, Umino is, he won and he's, he's, uh, you know, getting the crowd to cheer Suji for his strong effort. He's helping 
Suji back to his feet. Suji's kind of, you know, he's been kind of knocked loopy after taking uh, Umino's finisher. And Suji just shoves. <laughs> he just shoves Umino away. And I'm like, wait a second. Why, 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 why? Now you're upset about, like, you know, getting beat fair and square? Just, it was so confusing. And then the second who suji hit with the cane ends up pulling out the groggy suji and putting him over his shoulder and carrying him out to you know carrying him out to the back to the back and i'm like <coughs> i am confused here like what was the point of the cane spot if he's just gonna go back with the, the hate the heel group it's very 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 confusing uh, if anyone out there can really explain what was going on here? Please do. You may have to talk to Oliver Cop. I know he watched the show. He was on my buddy Paul Fontaine's cool uh, YouTube show called uh, Cup of Joe with uh, Grandpa Dez. It's a really fun show. I was on it before, and I know Oliver Cop was on there talking. He, he, he's talking about this show here. He's talking about especially that main event between Will Ospreay and Michael Oku. So, uh, may I have to ask, may I have to ask Oliver Cop, like, what happened here in this match? I did not know what's going on in the storyline. Of course, again, I don't follow it, so it's hard. I don't know the context of everything, but it's just you would think from what you saw, that's the end of that relationship, and now uh, Suji's going to be a baby face, but it was not for not. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next match, uh, match number three was Daniel Maloney versus Calvin, Calvin Newman. Daniel Maloney, I've seen before, NXT UK. He's gotten just shredded up, bulked up, just a, a complete beast in there. Calvin Newman, high flying type. Um, that's basically what he, what he is—a young wrestler, one of their young up and coming wrestlers. Seems like that, from what I gather from that muffled commentary. This match starts really hot. Uh, Newman dives onto Maloney to the floor, and even a dive like off the st- like not the stage, the rampway area, but the, the backstage area. Like he, he, they, they nearly missed a shot of him doing this big dive out. But it's like about a minute in, they're doing this already. Uh, quickly, <laughs> they get back to the ring. Maloney cuts him off, and to me, it's like why even do that spot if you're just gonna get cut off and i don't know they're trying to start hot and they're like there's not a real need for it right you know like i think it's it's match three you know no why you stage die off a of stage on match three but um newman's offense is very indie and also he has that same face you know what i mean by that he has that 
he just has that no expression. It's just he's just doing the moves. He can execute the moves, but he just just doesn't change the expression. He just you know so he's not working out there. This match, I th- I, I swear to I swear it must have had three resets in it where they, the match just stops and both guys stare at each other and just start and the momentum goes down and they just start chopping each other and I'm t- guys please if you're listening any young workers out there stop with the sitting there with the stupid strong style quote unquote chop exchange or form exchange it just kills the momentum of the match and especially when everyone's fucking doing it like it's almost damn near every match where two the two wrestlers are sitting there exchanging chops or exchanging uh forms and it just looks ridiculous when you're just sitting there Telling the guy, go ahead and hit me, and I'm gonna hit you. It just it's old now. It is very old. It's okay if Suzuki does it, right? And that's where I think a lot of people are doing it more. I've seen this more and more, obviously, with the uh the popularity of uh New Japan growing, starting with like 2020, 2020, yeah, 2012, when um you know the you know the rise of Okadas and all that stuff, the series with Tanahashi, all that all that stuff that got New Japan so popular. Of course, the whole thing of Cody and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of these young wrestlers now being influenced by that, and so they see like a guy like Minoru Suzuki or or Ishii, and they and they see them do it, like so they copy it, and it's like it just now every match is doing it. it's a problem. Like it, if it was saved. For the big matches, if it was saved for every other show, you know, but it's almost like every match and multiple times during a match, it just, it's like, again, it breaks the momentum and it's unnecessary. Uh, Maloney won after hitting a, just a nasty looking vertebraker that uh, I thought this kid Newman's shoulder was gone. And then it's another av- a nasty avalanche driver just straight down um it was a this match was it was okay it was there after the match Danny Maloney uh has a promo and at one point he just tells the the ref to get out of the ring get out of here and the ref does he just leaves it's like way to bury your ref you know or at least the ref and the ref just like you know okay and just leaves and I'm like dude like, you have to treat your refs better. If the refs have no credibility, your your match has no credibility. You, people got to understand this. Unfortunately, a lot of wrestlers, and I've seen this from working with many wrestlers, um, or I've gone to shows that are not that I've worked on, and I would see some treatment of those referees and. And that's because they're just not trained right. They're not trained. And the referees are just they're just there and they and they, and they don't know how to stick up for themselves, right? Like the referees are very important. Everyone needs to understand this. Like the referees, you need to treat yourself with respect. The wrestlers need to treat you with respect. Because like I said, if the ref has no authority, if the fans think they're bullshit, your match is bullshit. You understand? Like it just needs to 
we gotta as we everyone got to work on this and it drives me insane and the referees need to be they need to impose their will they need to be authoritative they also need to be in shape and they also need to not be there just to just to count three like show that you are in control of this match that you are the authority figure that you are uh you have the power, you know, like just, it's just, and unfortunately referees, like in this case, most of these referees sat in the corner and just, you know, kneeled down and had their hands on their knees. Like, no, you don't, you don't need to be distracting. Like, uh, um, what's that guy's name for AEW Bryce Rinsberg or good old, uh, uh, improv comedian, you know, trying to get a shit in and just, you know, not understanding like, it's not about you, dude. You know, it's about the wrestlers. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying go that far with it, but act like you're, act like this is a con, this is real, right? It's that, because the fans are watching this match and they're seeing, and then of course, they're mostly watching the wrestlers. That's, but they're, 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 their eyes might gravitate to you and they see you just like sitting there with your thumb up your ass. And they're and that's gonna make their suspension of disbelief go away, right? It's all the it's everything. It's not just the wrestlers, it's the referee, it's the ring announcer. If the ring announcer's sitting there looking at a cell phone, trying to text someone, or look at Twitter while a match is going on, it's gonna take the fan out of the match. Because you're just telling the fan this is bullshit. I I had a guy in APW, he was ring announcing. And the match started, and he got up and went to go do something or run to the back, and not 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 the restroom. It wasn't the like I can understand if it was restroom, but it was. I think he just was still in, around the area, just wanted to go talk to someone. And I'm like, dude, you can't get up and leave while the match is and is going on because you're just telling these people it's bullshit. And I know you're gonna say, well, John, everyone knows the wrestling's bullshit. I know. We all know what wrestling is. The fans that are paying, most of them know what it is. But you want to suspend disbelief. When I go to watch a uh, superhero movie, I, I, you know, I don't want to see the wires. I don't want to see the green screen. You know, I, I want to be. I want to suspend my disbelief. And so that's why I ran on that. And I got more on this on you know the a few times where the referee, um, just just. Didn't do shit, and it just hurt the match. So Maloney kept talking, and he's getting zero heat. He's trying to like go to individual people at ringside, the fans, and trying to talk trash. And it's just like, just, just falling flat. Right? It only started getting heat because he kept being you know, he's out there too long. People were like, just get the hell out of here, right? And so it just just didn't work. Match number four was uh, the British Women's Champion. Alex Windsor versus Charlie Evans on commentary. Now, this is the one thing I hear clearly, and, I, and it it nearly knocked me on the ass. They said that Charlie Evans beat Cara Noir in a match. I'm thinking, like, that's a progress champion. Who recently? They said it happened recently. So, if I'm progress, I'm sorry, but Cara Noir, you can't lose Charlie Evans. Right, you just can't, and it just, and I, I don't, I do not doubt that they threw that in there to make their car the progress champion look bad. 
in my opinion. That, that That's 100% why they did that. And, of course, <laughs> that's the only thing clear I really hear on this show for the most part. Um, Windsor, I really like. Alex Winter, I think she's a talent. She's a real talent. She's a good worker. Good look. Um, they did mention that she's a mother. So, I don't know. Just kind of like really got me behind her even more hearing that and you know just had a baby or she's a new she's just and she's wrestling out there and she's a chant and mom i know that a lot of mommies are there's mothers who are wrestling but i don't know it just it just i got behind her plus her work is good and like i said her look was good charlie evans was 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 good as well um she had a a, a good look and a you know cool gear and um uh, I thought she was fine. I don't know if I would make her the champ of the promotion, but I, I would have her booked. You know, I would. I think she'd be a, a, she's a quality talent to have on the card. Um, <laughs> Windsor, uh, Windsor at one point goes to the top rope, but Evans is like sitting in the corner <laughs> to like the left of her, so, and she kind of just, I don't know, it's just a weird spot. And like later on, she does a coast to coast. So I guess that's what she was going for, but it just looked very weird. They did a superplex into a double down, which I don't know. That's why people are doing such a big move for a double down. Just, just, just beyond me here, especially this match here. It was unnecessary. Uh, Windsor hits her coast coast, but it's only two count, which is another, another thing. Uh, Evans hit a side suplex and like Windsor is selling that she is like knocked out, right? Like dead weight. Evans goes to pick her up and she, you know, Windsor just barely is able to move. So, so Evans starts kicking her in the back, kicking her in the head, giving her some quick shots. And is really pounding on her. And the ref's not even checking on her. He's just sitting in the corner, bending over hands on his knees watching this and like so the spot was ruined by the ref here because that was the, the spot where he's supposed to jump in check on her oh my god is she knocked out is charlie evans going with the belt by knockout no it, it, it's whatever they were trying to go for there that's what they were going for uh, actually like it didn't work because the ref fucked up quickly after like after that happens like quickly windsor ends up Get on the offense and hit their finisher, and that's the end. So it was overall a good match, but there were some issues with it for sure. Um, after the match, Windsor is uh you no know, Windsor and Evans kind of have a hug and you know mutual uh adoration for the, the match, and and as Windsor is like soaking the cheers. You know, out comes uh, Debbie Keitel, and she attacks Windsor, ch- attacks Evans as well. And then <laughs> Keitel ends up getting the mic, and she cuts this promo. And I don't know who had the longer promo that it went that felt like it was getting zero heat. Was it Danny Maloney or Debbie Keitel? They're they're in the running for maybe maybe there's a tie. I don't know, but it just went on and on and it was like damn all right could you do you need to pull up a chair you know like do we <laughs> like like are you reading us a bedtime story like what's this about again 
the audio was shit. So I couldn't really hear exactly what you're saying. But at the same time, you can hear the crowd is like, chirp, chirp, chirp. Like, given, it just went forever. They even they even give her enough heat to say get the hell out. It was just all right, hurry up, get done. So this again, I, I wonder why the show was like four down here four hours. Again, too long. Next matchup I was really looking forward to because one of the participants I've I've watched for a while, Luke Jacobs. Um, seen him on progress. One of my favorites to watch on progress. Love his tag team with Ethan Allen, the Young Guns. They are a great young team. I mentioned them a few weeks back when I covered Progress. Um, I just think they're just these super talented young kids. And and, and uh, Chris Ridgeway is also with them as a six-man tag, and they're um, they're called Northwest Strong, and they're good. They're a good unit. Uh, Ricky Knight, I've never Ricky Knight Jr. Excuse me, I've never seen him before. First time seeing him. Um, and I was so I was really looking forward to this match. I was really excited about it because, like I said, Luke Jacobs is is I think it's a tremendous talent. This match, um, it was kind of hard. I was kind of confused. Like at first, I thought, okay, Luke Jacobs the heel, and Ricky Knight Jr. or RKJ, as they say, is the local Bayface who's He's getting, uh, he's moving up to wrestle Will Ospreay or, or the winner of Will Ospreay and Michael Oku in the future, right? So, so I'm like, okay, you know, and and, he, and Luke Jacob does heal a little bit, like he rakes an eye at one point, and but it's, then all of a sudden, like RKJ, this baby face, is just completely dominant, you know, and c- continues to be dominant. He's beating the the crap out of Luke Jacobs, you know. Or anytime Jacobs gets an offense, R- RKJ just doesn't sell it for long. It's, he's back up and he's back on the offense. Um, RKJ is a good athlete. He does does a lot of great moves. Executes the moves really well. But he's just like uh, Calvin Newman earlier. I saw another same face guy. Um, he's very he's a very he's a, he's very intense. So it felt like. Maybe RKJ's the heel, but they were talking about him and Osprey. So, and I know Osprey is a, is a big heel here, so I was confused. But basically, RKJ took most of this match, and Luke Luke Jacobs is fighting from behind. And I'm trying to figure out what, what they're trying to accomplish here. Like, was I know Luke Jacobs is a young talent, and I don't know how long RKJ has been wrestling. So maybe it was like the veteran and 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 the, and the youngsters fighting from behind. Put up the effort, but like to me, like if you're watching them as workers, Luke Jacobs is like way ahead of RKJ. He's just an overall better worker. He just does you know the little things, um, his selling's great, his facials, registering like. And Ricky Knight's like if he's supposed to be the babyface, the way he's stalking, his demeanor is more of a heel to me. He's very cocky, very arrogant. He had that he. He doesn't have much facial expression other than kind of like being intense, but it's kind of like a slappable face. Like he, 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 I think this guy would be a great heel, or you know, it would be a good heel. Um, he needs to work on those facial expressions, but like, it's just. So I was very confused. So it's hard to really get into the match. Other than I was still just amazed by Luke Jacobs, like just work, especially when he sell. Like he just does these little details, stumbles, 
when he's selling, you know, like gets up and stumbles and just freaking awesome stuff. Love this kid. This kid should be in NXT UK at, at the minimum at this point. Like, he's great. Um, there's a power bomb by RKJ on Luke Jacobs on, on the rampway. It's really unnecessary for this match, in my opinion. Um, again, another thing on the ramp. I think I saw like three, like three things on the ramp, on the ramp. This, this show, like, save it for one match, people, right? Even the match that, that probably should have been in, they even do it. That was the main event. Uh, Ricky Knight Jr. RKJ wins at the end of the match, and just Luke Cage, uh, Luke Cage, Luke Jacobs selling at the end. It's just so great. God, this kid, I love this kid, man. And I, and again, I like Ethan Allen as well. I I can't wait till that kid gets back. Um, I know he's uh, had a a knee injury and is getting close. Is getting strong from what I see on social media. And they are, like I said, they're a hell of a team. And also individual. You could put them, they're, they're so versatile. If, I mean, as a booker, you, you want these kids on your rot, on your, on your shows because you can put them as a tag team, they'll do great. You can put them as a single, they'll do great. So um, the positive of this match, I would say Luke Jacobs just again continues just to really impress me. Match number six was uh, Gabriel Kidd uh, from the New Japan Dojo as well. From this area, he, he you know he went out to L.A. and trained with Shibata. First of Francesco Akira, former uh, All Japan Junior Champion. I mentioned him. I talked about him last week on the Body Slam show versus and uh, Endercara. And so this was a, a interpromotional match. So that, that was really cool. You had Gabriel Kid New Japan. You had Francesco Akira All Japan. So that that was a lot of fun. And it's also um, it was Gabriel Kidd's a heavyweight in New Japan, so Francisco Kira's a junior heavyweight, so you had that dynamic. Um, that are a hot start, and and it fit here because it's like you know, rival companies in Japan, and they both want to you know impose their will. And Akira, and Francisco Kira himself is being smaller; he really has to just really put. Get, Take the fight to Gabriel Kid. Um, there was a chop battle again that went way too long. Um, they they did this a couple times, and but the one this one just just it went forever. And you know, Francesca Kira, he's like he's like he's a a pale young kid, you know, redhead redheaded kid. So so the chops are just. I mean, the blood's coming through the skin, and it's, it's you know at the end of the match, his chest looked like mincemeat. But it, but this was this was this was good though. I mean, other than that, it was like a really good, and the crowd was going nuts for this match. Um, Akira starts making his comeback, you know, and he hits a head and arm suplex, but Kid no sold it, and gets up. Behind Akira, who's like, you know, soaking in cheers, he hit the head and arm. And a kid gets up quickly, no sells it, gets up quickly, hits a German suplex. But then Akira fires up, no sells it. As kids like looking around, not 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 facing Akira, Akira quickly hits a running drop kick. And uh kid goes into the corner, 
kneels down to the second turnbuckle, and then um, Kira runs at him with the running, I guess, the, a double knee to the back. And I just, I understand the the, the strong style, like fight through, but it would have been so cool. Like Fran, Francesca Kira hits that half Nelson suplex, boom. Soaks it, just powers up. Yeah. Kid gets up, goes for that German. As he goes for the German, he, instead of Akira taking the German suplex, I was thinking, man, it would have been a lot harder if he would have just flipped out of it, land on his feet, then hit the drop kick, quick drop kick, boom, to the back. Then Gabriel goes to the corner. Then you hit the double knees. Then you roll him out. Then you, then you go for the count, right? I just thought that was, uh, I just thought that was that would have been just just hotter at that point, you know. Little 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 you know minor, you know, critique for me there, but you know um, they start doing the you know run the ropes, ducking clothesline, ducking clothesline. Kids trying to get him. Akira's too fast and quick. Finally, just finally hits a left-handed clothesline. Boom! And that that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, the, and then we hit another move, kick out from Akira. I think it was a power bomb or something. But then Gabriel Kid hit the hit a, hit the brain buster, and that finished off Akira. I thought, boom! After that fucking close, that left hand clothesline, boom. Then you do the brain buster, bam. What you know? But it's like, it's like everyone's kind of like does this almost like a lot of matches they do. It's like I had that one last big kick out, like. Eh, that's, Sometimes you don't need that, right? It just kind of dips the momentum just a little bit, in my opinion. So, but this was so far the best match on the show, and the crowd was awesome in this match, enjoying it. It was a it was a fun match. I I, I, I really like both these guys a lot. Just um, care, like I said, I started watching him in 2019 when he showed up in All Japan, and just kind of coming up those, you know on the undercard and I was like, man, this kid has some talent and it was so cool to see him progress and then win the junior championship. So um, I understand he's hurt right now. I think he was hurt. Maybe it's this match, I believe, or, um, but he, I know he, he, he couldn't make his future bookings. Like he couldn't be in the WXW 16 karat gold tournament. And I was really looking forward to him being there in that tournament, um, coming up in March, but, so he was out of that tournament, and I, I like Gabriel Kidd's work. I, I I enjoyed his matches in New Japan when they when he was like on like on every show, right? And um, he's a good talent. Um, needs to stay off social media and not worry about social media too much. But that's a whole another story. But uh, but yeah, tremendous. Uh, next match was um, uh, the Aussie Open. Versus the Sunshine Machine for the tag team title. Sunshine Machine are the tag team champions. Sunshine Machine are TK Cooper and Chuck Mumbo, I believe his name was. And I've seen it before in progress. And they're okay. Like I I, I kind of would skip their matches. I mean, Mambo has like he's a funky, has a funky charisma. Um TK Cooper, he has is a good he's you know, he has a good attitude and confidence, but like you know, he just has skinny. He's a skinny, fat guy, right? He just like, like, dude, like, he has personality. He has this cool swagger about him. Like, if you just get in the gym and start looking like 
a main eventer, you know, I'm not saying get freaking gassed out and all that stuff, you know, just, just, just look like someone instead of just someone, you know, you see at the grocery store, just like, and you wouldn't even pay attention. Like, you know, be, be, stand out. Um, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher, Aussie Open. I've seen clips of them, I believe. I've seen, I don't, I don't know if I, no, I have not watched a full match. This is like really a full match. I've seen Bell to Bell with them. Um, they're part of the, uh, the Le- whatever, the Legion, what is that? Legion, the uh, United, the United uh, group that uh, Will Ospreay's in charge of and Jeff Cobb's in and a few others. In this match, eventually I just said, when the fuck is this match going to end? Because it's like so long. They did every move. It started off good. Like, okay, this is a good match, right? And then it just kept going and going. Um, So many moves. So, and, and, I, you know. Some some tag team matches have no double team moves. And I'm like, like they're a tag team, they do no double team moves, right? Other than they made their finish, but you know, this these teams have a million double team moves, but they're all finishers. That's the problem. And I'm like, you know, like the, my favorite tag team of all time, Midnight Express. They had a bunch of double team moves, but each one built was bigger kept getting was with built up to the finish right like it wasn't like you weren't gonna beat the guy with the drop toe hold elbow drop combo they would do you wouldn't beat the guy with the uh um the hanging the guy on the ropes and the and the other partner jumps over his his partner's back and hits an elbow on the middle of the back of the opponent who's hanging on that rope um it it just it, it you know it it was it it made sense like they weren't getting they weren't getting they're building to the big rocket launcher they're building to the big uh vegematic um or even the even the um the double flapjack like these moves were all like big finishers it's like and it's so it just kept going and going and kick out and kick out i i didn't get a chance to see how long this match was but it was it felt like forever and I saw every move in the book, and I'm like, okay, like, when's this gonna, like I said, when's it gonna freaking end? Uh, they did this Bulldog Canadian Destroyer. I don't know. The, the Bulldog, oh, the British Bulldogs, you know, when they would have the guy, their opponent up on the back of like David Boy Smith, had like a fireman's carry, and the dynamite would jump off the top rope with like a flying head bo- headbutt. Fly, fly, actually fly out the back of the uh the guy that Dave Boy is holding and he would dynamite fly out the back, hit the you know, hit a splat or headbutt, excuse me, on the other opponent and pin him. So they did Sunshine Machine had one of the Aussie open guys on one of their shoulders and then the other Sunshine Machine guy, I think it was Mambo came on the top rope to hit like a uh K and Storyer, it just was just messed up right just kept going going and going and here and 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 this poor ref and it's not his fault because this is the match these guys fucking called here right even though he should say hey man i'm just getting bare what i do and basically it was like just sit in the corner and wait for us to to do some counts because that's all the guy could do because this match made no 
sense really like it just it just lost all it just kept going and going and 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 i don't know just there's no story to it it was all action just action action that meant nothing and you they did so much that you forgot about it as soon as it was over um the last match the main event the match um that everyone's talking about will osprey versus michael oku um they included a nice Video package for this match. So it kind of... It... Sort of caught me up to the story. There was... You know, Osprey beat up Oku after a match. And in front of his family and, and his wife or girlfriend. I, 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 they didn't, I couldn't figure out they said wife or girlfriend. But either way. And so now we're getting to this title match. And Oku's a lightweight champion and Osprey's the heavyweight champion and you know I've been really hard on Osprey in the past right like I think he's very talented but sometimes I also think he's a somewhat overrated um just the f- over the top facial expressions and the overselling um but as an athlete, I enjoy watching him when he would just take the air because he just does it like he just glides. Like it's just like so easy for him, right? It's like he's he's just a, he's an amazing athlete. But like the the the, the stuff like the overselling, which kind of just take me out of his matches. And so of course, I heard about this match. Heard about Dave's raving about it. The five star rating. People were Oliver Cop was on. Like I said, Paul Fontaine's Cup of Joe, Grandpa Dez. Um, show and he was talking about how great a match was so i'm like okay i you know i gotta i gotta i gotta check this out i think it's a good show to review for ticket on podcast and also my good friend dave rubio i should have mentioned earlier the heartbreak kid he dm me he's like john I, you know i haven't seen you yet but everyone's raving about it i want to know what your opinion on uh will osprey versus michael oku match so i said okay so i have to watch it so okay great so thanks for that recommendation uh rubio i appreciate it man and and so I'm watching this match, or before we get to the match, let's get the entrances first. Osprey comes out, and he's doing a great job of healing. The attitude, the nose in the air, and the story of the match is Oku's wife's out there, a girlfriend, his parents are out there, plus some other family members. And Osprey does a great job of always keeping them eye talk contact them always mugging to them you know and oku's girlfriend or wife whatever she's she was great in this she was so good though she did kind of telegraph her spot a little bit and we'll go in that we'll get in that shortly but overall i thought she was tremendous like she was one of the mvp and she really added to the drama of this match oku like i said he's a light heavyweight so he's very small uh, Osprey is just gigantic right now um, and looked gigantic compared to Oku. And early on, it was really going good. It's like one of the best I've seen Will Osprey work. Healing, just being such a dick, and you want to see it get his ass kicked. And the crowd was just really, the heat was was really good, but there's still a lot of fans, a, little, a lot of vocal fans who are pulling for Osprey. Um, Oku is a good athlete. He needs to work on his heat. A lot of his heat look, I thought, looked really weak. 
like when he did like his forearms just like just, just were thrown up there no, no, no oomph behind him no body language behind him just just there um he really especially in this match here with and this match here needed good punching especially from Oku because the forearms can are fine but like if you really hate someone or you want to get at them you're going to punch them right you want to punch their lights out so a good working punch is a forgotten art you know look at Manny Avers Tully Blanchard and that cage match Stark 85 you know you know TA will throw a couple forms but like he he's punching yeah he's throwing a lot of punches uh Lawler threw a lot of punches cuz it was you know the Austin would throw punches you know, everyone had good punches, you know, it's not Cena. Cena's punches are rough, but, um, you know what I mean? Like it just, you had to have good punches and it, it just, it's just sometimes when you're getting this moment and it's really heated and you want to see this guy get his ass kicked. You want to see him get revenge for his, for what happened. I was being beat up by in front of his wife and family and he's throwing these like, little lifter punches you know i know you can't see me because i'm on audio podcast but it's just so like oh it's just driving me insane so so the match kept going on there's a point there's a big bump by oku to the floor and he takes like this really nasty bump on this little timekeeper's table they had out there and the wife she's like freaking out and she's trying to get over to him but she can't so just you know, she can't make her way around, but she's like the camera's focused on her. She's like asking is like, seemed like she was asking like, is he okay? You got any update or you know, what are they saying? And, and like, uh, yeah. Or, or she was like, do I go over there? I don't know. But either way, whatever they, whatever she was doing, it just looked like she was like in distress. Like, Oh my God, my, 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 my husband or my boyfriend is, is hurt. It, I need to help him. He needs help. And, um, People are over there checking on Oku. They're surrounding him while he tries to uh, blade himself. And it just didn't work. It was like a, a little bit of blood. But, you know, not just just not enough to really get a dramatic, uh, that dramatic, with the, that blood where the baby face is bleeding. And now, oh, my God. And this guy's being that. He's just, he's going to lose. And this, this asshole, right? So eventually the match goes, and this is the clip that was shared online that I did see before. Osprey goes and gets in the girlfriend or wife's face, right? And he's just talking trash. And he's like, and she just like throws her drink in his face. And he just freaks, he gets all pissed off and freaks out, grabs by the hair, pulls over the guardrail, right? Security gets involved. It's just, it's chaos. Oku comes flying through and hits this running drop kick and Osprey takes this big wild bump at the guardrail. It's just it's fucking great. And the, and the crowd's going insane. And this is the this is it. This is like, okay, here we go, right? Now it's trying to turn this match up to a whole new gear. And that, and start going towards that finish, right? Like just this is the original they start working towards that and keep it going, keep that momentum going. But unfortunately, they don't. They, it it continues to go. This match continues to go too long, and 
there was moments where it got a little hot again, but it never reached that moment, right? Where at that moment where the chaos with the wife and the outside. At one point, Oku does a dive out the floor. Now, now Osprey's bleeding. He's bleeding heavily, and but it like but when they but to get there, the momentum dipped. Okay, so I'm thinking like what they should have done, in my opinion. After that crazy, chaotic moment with the girlfriend and the security and Oak, who, who fired up great and came out with that dropkick, now Osprey likes to be like, oh, he takes that big bump in the guard with the dropkick, boom, now he's kind of loopy from that, right? Like, oh, shit. You know, he's been he's been pretty much dominant in this match and because he's, you know, stronger and and just a little more cunning and and, and takes like a, few, a couple shortcuts on the, on the bay face Oku, so... He's been, he's been just, and of course he's been not wrestled a higher level. So he's just a step above Oku, but Oku's the young light heavyweight who's in the fight, right? And he's never given up and he has this grudge against Osprey. Osprey's too concerned about just making, humiliating this guy, right? <clears throat> so at this point in the match where Oku hits that drop kick and again, that great bump by Osprey at the guardrail. Now this is where those punches come in. Now you get now he gets wild. Boom. And now now Osprey is like reeling but begging off. Like, oh shoot, I got myself. Now this guy I've just really I poked the bear too much. Now now this kid wants my head, right? And they should be fighting around the ringside area. Fighting fight. Now Oku takes Osprey, rams his head into the ring post, right? Boom. Osprey goes down. That's where you get the color. Right, not on the dive out. I guess you, of course, anything can happen. You can get colored on a dive out. You can hit your hand on the floor. You get get, get a guy's elbow to the head. You get, and he, I mean, I'm not saying that it didn't make sense that the blood happened after the dive out. It's just visually, there'll be no question from the fans who are watching at ringside and on video that oh, he got cut because he got rammed into that ring pose, and of course. You know, Oku would have been justified to doing that because of what happened. He just saw with his lady, and and you know he is bleeding, so like he's getting his men's revenge. So boom, he should run to the car right now. Now, 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 you know, Osprey comes up bleeding. Oku's still on him. It gets him back in the ring. Right now, he starts going to some false finishes, and Osprey would try to cut him off and do something, but Oku would get him again. Another false finish, right? Osprey try to go for something else. Like maybe goes for the hidden blade duck. You know, false finish, kick out. Finally, Oku, I'm sorry, Osprey gets something. Bam! Change the momentum. Ends up, and they could do the finish that they did. Like I, I thought it was great. Like where Osprey clearly had that match one. Oku was just, you know, been concussed and. Osprey would go for the pin one, two, and act like you know Oku kicked out, so he can continue to do the hidden blade to uh, Oku and, and just so and rub it into the face of his of his family. You know, as they're watching, he really wanted to abuse and just really take this kid out in front of his family. It was very. I mean, this is to me, this is one of Osprey's best performances. I, I at least. Maybe, maybe for me, his favorite, my favorite performance of him because just as a heel, like I see him as a heel in New Japan, and it's, it's, 
you know, it's it's honestly it's not that good. It's 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 just he just kind of acts like a heel, but it doesn't. He doesn't feel like he feels it. Here he felt it, right? And with that story, with the family, it was easy really for him to put his mind to that place where he needed to be this nasty heel. And he just kept multiple picking up this kid and getting a hidden blade. And the Oku's just like out. And the, <laughs> the referee, you would think he would check on him. Oku, you think he would? No, he's, he's again in the corner. And then Oku has a second. Who he is, I don't know. They might have said his name. I couldn't hear it. I think they did. I was trying to listen. I just I couldn't make it out who it was. But this is where the match starts falling down a little bit. The finish. Now, I like the stuff with the hidden blade and picking him up and really being a, just a, a nasty heel that's really going to injure this kid. right? I like that. In front of the family, I think that's just great. But now the second, who has a who has a towel, who came out with the towel, and I'm like, okay, I kind of should have seen this coming, but I really didn't even pay attention to this kid because I didn't even really I saw him come out, but he was you know crouching down, and I barely saw him. So he gets up and he starts thro- like going to throw the towel in, right? But he's being it's. It's a should I, shouldn't I? Oh, I can't do it. It's <laughs> it's too much. It's a little too much, and it brings you back to okay, this is a performance, and so he. he but the wife or the girl, like, I, I wish I, I can hear what they say. Cause I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say wife slash girlfriend because I don't know. She is like pleading to the second, like throw the towel. Oku's close to the ropes where the second is, and his and his lady is. And he's reached out to her, and she's like, just wants him to let him throw the towel in. Oak, of course, doesn't want him to throw the towel in, and and he just jumps. And so the second jumps out, can't do it. But but uh, Oku's lady, she grabs a towel and she throws it in, and it hits Osprey, right? And you would think the ref would be ringing that bell. That's it. Right, through the towel. No, the ref sister like, oh, what happens there? That's what I was looking. I was like, I've never seen, I've never seen this finish before. Like, what happened? Like, he just goes, what? Uh, he's, he's just staring like a, like a like a statue. And Osprey got hit with the towel, picks the towel up, and he just tells the ref, "No, you're not going to end it that way." And the ref. Gets the towel. I think Osprey may have threw it to him. And just throws his hands up. Like, okay. Are you fucking kidding me? Bury the referee. Fucking killed this finish. Osprey ends up hitting the... It was a stone breaker, I think. Whatever. Or whatever. Maybe another hidden blade. I was so pissed. I kind of just was... At this finish. And how they treat this referee. And... and it's like you can't do that finish because why didn't you go? Well, why didn't he just call? I'm sure I want to hope the ref Lee said, "Well, why am I not calling for the bell if she throws in the towel?" Well, I'm going to tell you not to. Well, why? And then if he didn't say that, well, that just buries me, or he's too scared to. If Will Osprey doesn't understand, like, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't do that, then fuck all, man. Like, you know, like, come on, seriously. 
So the finish was flat and just just horribly executed at the right that that that, that final moments, right? It could have been such a dramatic like white throws in the towel and she's she can be crying and and you know like holding Oku and 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 Osprey could be standing over him laughing as they as the you know just just taking it all in and he could just like drag poor Oku by the leg and yank him away from his lady get that towel and start choking the shit out of him in front of her and she can pop in and then the family can pop in and I loved it when Osprey was like on the ropes sitting there while the wife's just slapping he's not doing nothing because he's not going to hit a woman right and, and the family grabbed her away I, I like that but what they did just a few a minute before that just kind of killed it you know really killed that moment, that really dramatic finish they could have had with the towel and everything, and it just didn't work. Now, is this a five-star match? Now, I don't, honestly, I haven't rated a match with stars in a very, very long time. Like I said, I'm good friends with Dave Meltzer. We watch a lot of shows together. Um, he would ask me my opinion on matches, what star rating I thought it was. I would give it to him, and we were always pretty close. But eventually, like it, to me, like when he, I love Dave, but like when he started going over like six stars, seven stars, it just became ridiculous. And then like certain matches were just like, well, the straw that broke the camel's back for me when it came to star rings and and why I, I don't do anymore was there it was early on and. AEW and it was a match with Private Party versus Lucha Brothers and it was just botch move after botch move the psychology was all all the hell at one point I think a Lucha Brother bent over so and, and bent over while Private Party member put his brother on Penta's shoulders and like, he just allowed, allowed him to do it. And it was like, I was like, this match is the shit. And then I saw on the observer, it was like four and a half star. I'm like four and a half star for that. That was a total, total, total clusterfuck. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm done. It is the whole star rating thing is totally, totally to me, just gone. Just over. You know, I just, not the way I rate matches anymore. Right. I, I, I thought it was a great indicator how to rate matches, but now it's like, especially when it's so over the top now with all these star ratings and, and six and seven, like, I don't know. But I love Dave. <laughs> he he knows he knows my opinions on that, and we still have a great time. We hang out and talk wrestling and watch events together. But, okay, so I heard he gave this match five stars, which made me skeptical after what I said, but what stuff I've seen lately the last few years. So, what does John LaRocca think? Is this a five-star match? My verdict is no. It is not a five-star match. Great crowd heat. Osprey, I thought, was tremendous. Oku was a good underdog babyface, but his heat was weak. 
But ultimately, what really brought it down for me, it went a little long and it dipped. A lot of momentum dipped. I thought they, like I said, I thought the finish should have happened soon after all the chaos with the wife. And ultimately, it was the finish with the towel because it was ridiculous when the towel was thrown in. The ref didn't do nothing. It was ridiculous that Osprey um, told the ref not to do anything, not to call it. And the ref listened to him. Just really just took me out of the match. And so I, if I, I'm going to give her a star rating. If you, if you had to put a gun to my head and say, John, it has to be a star rating, what would you give it? I would say four and a quarter, four and a half, which is still a really good rating. Right by the old scale, you know, I don't know about now. What what a four and a half? I don't know what that means nowadays. Um, they get you know, they get passed around like like cookies, you know, on a, on a Sunday on a Sunday morning. Uh, it just it, it you know, but I would say it's it was four and a quarter, four and a half, maybe leaning more four and a quarter. Was it a fun match to watch? Yes. Was well, I enjoyed it? Yes. Um. But no, I, I not not to me what five star matches mean, you know, like it's doesn't doesn't it doesn't hold it doesn't it reach that level in my opinion. So that's my verdict. Overall, it was um, you know fun to watch Rough Pro. I've never seen it before. I I don't know if I'm gonna continue to watch a lot of this um, here and there when I. Yeah, I maybe I'll maybe tune in to see Osprey here. I, I, I actually prefer him here than I did in, to in Japan, believe it or not. Um, but I really liked his heel work here. I thought I thought he was more natural here, here heel here. So we'll see um, who's going to be the guy that conquers him in this promotion, right? Um, I didn't see anyone on the undercard. At, I mean, I guess Ricky Knight Jr. is the guy that they're setting up next, but I didn't see. I don't know. I didn't feel like he was the guy. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, I'll keep my eye on Rev Pro for sure. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I hope you guys check out the bonus show with myself and Promise Thomas. Um, it would be, I, I, like I said, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's, uh, again, it's, a, it's $5, a cup of coffee. So, give it a shot. And on today's episode... On Take It Home Podcast, right here. I think we're gonna. Um, I think we'll give you a few mi- few minutes of our of the, the bonus show on the Patreon and give you a nice sample of what Promise Thomas Knight did. So I hope you enjoy it. And thanks again for listening. Thank you, David Rubio, for giving me this recommendation. And I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good night, everyone. Be safe. Take care. Hook mania, send hook, all that. What do you think about hook when you when you first saw him? I fucking loved him. Mm-hmm. I loved him. I didn't know what you know. You'd seen him like everyone else. You'd you'd seen him, and it became a running joke of like, mm. when is this kid gonna wrestle? But right away, I mean, I loved, I loved the 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 music, the action, Bronson. Um, yeah, just his attitude. Um, I love everything and I lo- I like him because he's wrestling. He's not playing wrestler. He's not you don't see him thinking and memorizing things in there. It's just he's doing what he knows, which is wrestling, which is judo, amateur wrestling. Um 
and it's he's getting better every week, man. I um Yeah. You know, he's I think that first match, uh a lot of people were like felt like maybe he not rushed in the ring, but rushed getting to the ring, leaving the ring with the facials. He's really uh, this match against I believe it was Blake Lee uh from mm-hmm. Rampage taking his time more. You can tell he's letting things digest. Um, he has a persona. He's not a, obviously he's not big, but he wrestles big. He has a, a amazing persona. Um, he's letting things sink in more. Um, <clears throat> he's changing gears. Like, yeah. like when he did that opening, I can't remember what he got, but he ended up almost like an ankle pick. And then he shoved Lee down. There's just a change of like when, when, a wrestler goes for a shot or an outside single. There's just a change of gear that you see there. And he has this in all his moves. Um, yeah. I, I love his explosiveness. Like yes, when he goes, into, yeah. it's, it's from the amateur training, right? Like he just, yeah. he's quick to it. Yeah. And, but a lot of people like they'll do like slams or what. And you know, you could, it's like, you could tell it's the performance, but with him, you're like, Oh shit. He really grabbed that guy. He's dumping him. Right. It just, right, he just doing, makes you, he, it, it all relates it all having done martial arts and mm-hmm. having, you know, wrestled in a little bit in high school. It's just, it, it's all relative to each other. And I've said this yeah. before on my show and other shows, um, it, you just work it. You're just, you're just flowing. You're just, it's almost like you're drilling when you're working it. But yeah, he has amazing that pop and that snap on the suplexes and on the takedowns. Um, one thing I really like, and I, we mentioned this before, he adds one thing each week, and um, he's added, you know, different suplexes, uh, the T bone, the um, almost like the head and arm overhead throw, um, but he he also sequences them different. So he might be doing the same things. You know, he'll add in, like at the beginning of this Blake Lee match, he added in a different takedown. But he sequences things differently. And it all leads up to the to the Taz mission. And, um, you know... What do you, he, what do you think about the Taz, Taz mission? Like, sometimes I feel like submission holds can be a little... I don't know, anticlimactic in some ways, right? But, like... Yeah. Like, cause he has those, those great suplex. If you can kind of narrow it down to one, maybe unique or maybe it's a T-bone, like as his finisher. I don't know if that would be more exciting finish than the rear than the. Um, I I or, think or not. I mean, I always loved like a good lat throw or like a belly to belly, like Magnum TA had the oh yeah belly to belly. Um, I know Rhett Titus does a rebound belly to belly. Um, someone else does one. I can't think of it right now. Um, I like the, ta- I mean, the Taz mission was his father's. I think I'm big on having multiple finishers, having a yeah. submission, having a couple finishers. And, you know, you saw like, <clears throat> you saw with Daniel Bryan, when he came into AEW, he was winning with different submissions. You know, you saw, with John Cena, he had the attitude adjustment. He had the STF. Um, having different ways that you can tease things and having different ways to finish guys. Um, 
I like. I mean, I always like like a good power slam or a good brain buster, and then you know, mm-hmm. one, two, kick out, and then boom, right into a cross face or right into a submission there, and then you get the, you know, then you get the, um, you can seamless into those things very easily, yeah. you know, from from move to submission. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it, I think it works for now. Submissions. I always like visual where you're standing and you Mm -hmm. can see, you can see, you know, if it's a sharpshooter, you can see the, the, the guy giving it or the girl giving it standing up and then you can see the, the face on, Yes. you know, there's, there's something, something's going down there, but it's better than having both, both workers down. But, um, yeah, I think just keep doing what he's doing now and just add in those. And I, I I think it's going to keep going this way because I think his, his father oversees everything and and you can tell they're thinking out this. It's really strategic as, as it should be how they're booking him out and, and using him and um, you know, he'll work his way up the ladder yeah, you know, as Gorilla yeah. Monsoon used to say. <laughs> yeah, booking wise, I think they're I think they're doing a great job. I think right now you have them, you have them just beating you know QT Marshall's is Stooges right, and then right. it leads to a QT Mart Martin his match with him, and he beats him. So yeah. I think that's really good. The Taz mission, I, I don't mind it. But I kind of would have, I would have told him to use it when he's about to win a big match, like for. You know, you get him over, he gets over with the other move, something else, and then he can't win the match. But then when he locks on his dad's finisher, he finally puts this, to finally puts his opponent away in a big match. I think that would have been a big moment. And people I mean, would he could go, he could go for something standing. Like he could go mm-hmm. for a, he could go for a chicken wing standing and the guy's in tapping and then boom, he gets the hooks in and falls to the mat and then gets slips in the rear naked and then boom, it's fucking over. Cause you get a yeah. rear naked and boom, it's like an arm bar done, you know? Yeah. So, um, a lot of ways you can go with it. I, you know, I, I got trust. He grew up in the business and his dad is there. Yeah. You know, being a, being, being a, a father to a son as we both are, like, I can't, my heart just like bursts for Taz every time <laughs> like he's doing commentary for his son out there. I think it's just awesome. And, uh, you know, I've I seen him do well too. Yeah. You know, I over. would, I, I'm kind of, t- I had the idea of if they should book him out for independence. We had talked about this idea before about booking like a Brock mm-hmm. Anderson out and stuff, but I want to keep hook special. Um, Yes. I think a blood sport, if I was to book him out, maybe a blood sport, maybe a big new Japan strong show. Um, I think, I think him going and maybe training for a couple weeks at the new Japan dojo. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I don't think that would hurt anyone going there, but I yeah. think um, that would certainly maybe add a thing here or there to his game. But He's doing great now and it's it's I fucking love him and <clears throat> yeah, every other week keep this up. I I agree. And one thing I would tweak about his whole presentation, I I, I dig his back to the opponent in the corner, you know, with, with that camera there on him and his is he's mugging, right? I I love that. But I would direct the referee always stay between me and my opponent. Because 
you know, like, I don't so, know, in APW, in APW, at least from us, like, you, you never turn your back on your opponent, right? No matter what. And and I've seen many times that people would do and use the APW wrestler would nail them, for, you know, for doing that. So, so I was going to referee yeah. between them, just kind of make sure that the opponent won't go out and get them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.